What's the 411 on my 401k? You're in the right place. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. America's employers added 311,000 jobs in February, fewer than January's big gain, but easily enough to keep pressure on the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates and fight inflation. PNC Financial Services Group Chief Economist Gus Fouché. We start to see a more significant slowing in job growth over the next few months. If we start to get some lighter inflation numbers, and the Fed could let up pretty soon. On the other hand, if job growth remains, you know, 250, 300,000 per month, if we continue to see inflation run four or five percent, then the Fed could be raising into the second half of this year. And that is economist Gus Fouché. The unemployment rate rose to 3.6 percent from a 53-year low of 3.4 percent the month before. Investors unhappy on Wall Street Friday. The Dow was down 345 points. The Nasdaq down 199. This is SRN News. The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the station. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. 
everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning, welcome. It's supposed to be the end of spring break here in St. Cloud. It's snowing outside. We're already, I believe, at the uh, the 10th snowiest winter in recorded uh, Minnesota history. Um, certainly for here in St. Cloud, it has been in that top 10. And, get and you know, I know there's at least another month in which snow is not just possible, but probable. So we are... <laughs> We are going to expect a lot. It's tough to watch. Like I'm watching the the PGA champ, the, the Players Championship uh, right now. It, of course, it's from Florida, and it looks just gorgeous. And I think to my and I have lots of friends on spring break this week, taking pictures of stuff and t- showing me. Hmm, maybe I'm not living in the right place. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. This is a packed show today. One of those shows where I wish I had three hours. We've got to talk about jobs report because it's job Saturday today. Then, then we have to talk about the thing that kind of upset the whole apple cart. We were all focused on the jobs report. The jobs report comes out in the middle of the jobs report. We get this second report uh, almost at the same moment in the same segment on uh, Bloomberg or CNBC or Fox Biz um, that uh, the that the efforts to find a buyer for Silicon Valley Bank, which is a top 20 bank in terms of asset size um, in the country, um, had failed. And even before the end of the day, uh, the bank was placed in receivership by the FDIC. We need to talk about that. And then and that would have taken two. I could have taken two hours on just those two topics. But we have a chance in the next hour to talk to Phil Magnus, Dr. Phil Magnus is an independent scholar he uh, is the director of uh, director of research for uh, the american institute for economic research which i believe is in western massachusetts if i remember right um out in great barrington mass and and he's been doing a lot of research and has a book out uh about uh the way we talk about about capitalism in the united states and the bad history being performed by the 1619 Project. Um, my show is not about politics. Uh, we do talk about policy. But if there's one thing that I, that I don't like, it's bad economics. And I have to agree that uh, a lot of what I'm reading in terms of the arguments about, uh, about uh, the 1619 Project involve... A really weird understanding of economics. So we're going to talk to we're going to talk to Dr. Magnus in the second hour today of the show. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. You're going to want to stay tuned to talk about Silicon Valley Bank. Um, I was talking with a, a, a chief credit officer of a nearby bank here in in the in central Minnesota um, this morning and um, and getting his feedback. He's he's got the same he's a about the same age I am. We both have memories of the SNL crisis. Uh, I hear people comparing this to SNL. This is entirely different than the SNL crisis. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in a little bit. But first, number surprised us, right? The number came out and surprised us. 311,000 on the jobs report. The the number, the, the unemployment rate went up, yes. 
It went up, though, for what we think of being the right reasons, because the labor force participation rate picked up as well. Uh, the labor force participation rate, let me let me go pull that information up for us for a second. Labor force participation rate uh, now stands at 62.5, up from 62.2 a year ago, from 62.4 last month. We're still... We're still looking to get to 63, which would take us back to where we were pre-pandemic. Um, but um, but we're creeping a little bit closer there. Let me let me just focus on this because I'm I, I, everyone's talking about 311, but I have to tell you, I'm I'm excited about the fact that the number of people who are not in the labor force fell by 269,000 uh, citizens or, or it's not citizens but people population in the last month that is a good number that takes us below that takes us below the number of january by 269 and it's and we saw the number pop up in december so we basically had a reversal back to where we thought we were before so we had 3.5 percent in december then 3.4 for the wrong reasons so I and I said it's three point four percent, but for the wrong reasons. Now I'm going to just reverse myself and say it's three point six percent unemployment rate. Yeah, that's it's bigger than three point four, and people might people and particularly people who have a political axe to grind might pick on that three six say see see we're doing too much we're tightening we're tightening policy too much. It's like no, it's for the right reasons. It went up. The unemployment rate went up because we actually had an increase in the number of people. We had an, an increase in the number of people who were um, looking for work. We had 177,000 additional jobs, according to the household survey. 177 on the household, 311 on the payroll. So the actual, what I usually think of as being the true number, is closer to 311, but the 311 might be a little overstated. 177 is an understatement. I, I'm actually thinking the right number is somewhere in the middle of that. But again, participation rate goes up. That's great. If I go down and scroll through the U6 rate, uh, uh, the number of discouraged workers rose by 21,000 workers. Uh, marginally attached to the labor force rose by 42. So if I got, I've got to go gra- grab U6. Hang on a second. Um, boop here. Um, nope, that's not it. Whoop, got the wrong. Got the there. There we go. I grabbed the wrong table. Table, excuse me. So the U6 rate is now at 6.8 versus 6.6. The lowest number we've had uh, was back in December at 6.5. Okay. These are very low numbers relative to where these are very low numbers relative to where we were over the last 20 years. They are a little bit higher than they were a month or two or three months ago. But again, that's because we're seeing we it looks like we see at least in this one month, we saw more people go back into the labor force that also plays into the other way in which people are talking about maybe this wasn't such a great report maybe things are soft maybe the fed doesn't need maybe the fed shouldn't raise rates 50 basis points the banking issue is a far better argument for this than 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 this although i i don't think it's i don't think it's conclusive but i'm not persuaded that that the fed should slow down their rate hikes by either silicon valley or this jobs report the other thing people are pointing to is the fact that 
we came in with um, with an increase of only two tenths of percent in average hour in average hourly earnings. So they're up four point six percent from a year ago. That's one tenth less than had been expected on the on the uh, versus one year ago and the one month number. Um, so the job growth that's happening, and this is important, the job growth that's happening is largely job growth that is happening within lower-paying jobs. We're still seeing a lot of add of leisure and hospitality into the market, into the jobs job market. Okay, let me, I have to go, I'm sorry, I, gotta, I, keep, I have to keep clicking around to find different, I've got so many tabs on this thing open, it's just ridiculous. But if I go through and look at, it, look at the leisure and hospitality. Leisure and hospitality added 105,000 workers of the 311. That includes um, 70,000 workers in food and services. Those are low-paying jobs. If you add a lot of those jobs into the market, you are going to end up with with lower wage growth numbers showing up. That's that's why, for me, I don't watch the wage number here as much as I watch what happens to that Atlanta Fed wage tracker because they're actually trying to compare apples to apples. They're looking at individual responses of workers and saying, for you, John Smith, what happened to your wage this month versus what happened last month? And they're actually pulling that from micro data. They're not they're not they're not looking at it uh, uh, on a macro basis. So if I look at if if I look at that up 105,000 workers and I say where else have, have I seen big increases? 46,000 of those jobs were on the uh, were on the government side largely in you know a 23,000 increase in local government education, 14,000 increase in local government outside of education. Um Schools have been adding. Uh, schools have been adding workers. Healthcare is ad- is adding a bunch of additional workers as well, including hospitals and nursing homes. Um, these are jobs that typically don't pay a whole lot of money, and so you should expect that. Right now, the Atlanta Fed tracker. Where do I have that here? Is for January at six point one percent growth of wages so they haven't posted the february number yet it will show up early next week it is an important number in trying to figure out whether or not we're seeing wage pressures in this system okay and so this is actually really encouraging people to talk about um talk about what this means in terms of the fed so i just want to play one little clip we got more clips for you coming up here in a, in a bit but but just this one tiny clip. This is Randy Krosner. Uh, Krosner used to be the used to be the uh, uh, the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. Um, he had this to say. Cut number four. The Fed has been hiking for a full year. Those lags have been long and variable, but this is a bit surprising. See so little impact, and so I don't think the Fed has made their decision. Don't think the Fed has made their decision, uh, uh, Krosner says. But I I think I think if I look at these data. My impression is the Fed is going to be encouraged to continue to do more rather than less. I would have played, by the way, a whole lot of the the, 
the Humphrey Hawkins testimony. But because we have Dr. Magnus coming, because of Silicon Valley Bank, we're not going to have time for that. But we'll have a little more to tell you right after this here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up? And give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about. If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on The Biz 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. Boys High School Hockey is on the air all weekend long right here on AM 1440 as Minnesota Score Radio presents the 2023 Boys State Hockey Tournament from the XL Energy Center in downtown St. Paul. Join us for our end-to-end coverage of the Class AA Tournament plus the Class A Semifinals and Championship from the opening puck drop until the final horn on Saturday night. That's the Minnesota Boys State High School Hockey Tournament presented by Minnesota Score Radio this weekend right here on AM 1440, your home for high school sports in the Twin Cities. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to jtrroofinginc.com. That's jtrroofinginc.com. The Ramsey Show. I found a job that's very rewarding, but they're going to work me like a dog. It's a 70-hour work week. 70 hours a week. Man's not, woman's not created to work like that. Indefinite? Yeah, that's an indefinite situation. You married? I am not married. You won't be. Yeah. You could do it for a short term. Don't sell out for something that just looks good. It's got to be good in all aspects. Break free from debt with The Ramsey Show. Weekday afternoons, 1 to 4. You need to call the police, you need to call your father, and you need to get you and your son away from this guy. I want to fix it. That's why I want to sell my home, and I just want to be able to get No, 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 no honey, honey, we don't need to call a realtor. You and your son are in danger. Direct, honest, The Ramsey Show, weekdays 1 to 4. Welcome back. It's called uh, the King Banyan Radio Show here on the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. A little deep purple. Never a bad thing here on the King Banyan Show. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call. Talk about the jobs report and about uh, about uh, Silicon Valley Bank this hour. 
Um, and looking forward to uh, Phil Magnus uh, next hour. The, the the jobs report actually has to be seen as you know, as I said, had to be seen as a as a sign that that the Fed still has work to do. In his testimony, again, I'm not going to be able to play any of the testimony today that uh, Jay Powell had on Capitol Hill. Uh, I really wanted to play the little bit of fireworks between him and uh, Elizabeth Warren. I wanted to play what what was an entertaining set of questions from uh, Senator Kennedy uh, to um, uh, uh, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana trying to make the point that, hey, we at the, in the federal government are not making your life any easier by doing a lot of spending. Okay, so I covered that. This This will... This news from the jobs report clearly had people on Wall Street at the at the big banks um, uh, uh, spooked into thinking, hey, we're going to probably it doesn't look like the economy slowing down. So I'm going to play this. This was a, a little melange of pieces that were up yesterday on uh, Bloomberg television. Um, so this is uh, th- this is from someone that this is from. Oh, I forgot. I can't even read my own writing. Uh, Susan House at Wells Fargo, Jeff Rosenberg at uh, at BlackRock, and Ellen Zentness from uh, Morgan Stanley. Um, I just want to play this. This is just this is just a quick cut out of all three of those. Cut number five. Got 311. The debate is certainly not settled on a March rate hike, whether it's 25 or 50. There's a lot of focus on 25 versus 50, but I think the real message of the week was that Powell re-emphasized financial conditions need to stay tight for transmission of monetary policy to work. I am still in the soft landing camp. I know it wasn't a very popular view last year, but how long can you have very strong payrolls and still think that you're going to go down the tubes? I don't think we're going down the tubes, but I, I, you know, I still think a lot of the, these numbers are are not necessarily getting confirmed by some of the other numbers that are out there. And here's the one canary in the coal mine that that I've got my eye on, and I think it's just a matter of uh, the 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 numbers finally catching up with reality. The reality has been that that and I I did a couple of talks this week and sort of I said look the the pandemic recession and recovery is three phases it's the it's the shut everything down phase which lasted about ninety days and then we had the don't go out and interact with each other but you can buy stuff and so everybody had all this money and they bought stuff so we had the stuff recovery. Now we're having the experiences recovery. That's why you're seeing such large increases in retail trade employment, in in leisure and hospitality employment, uh, um, arts and entertainment. Uh, that's what. That's why the price of those plane tickets for you to take spring break uh, were so dang expensive, and the service was. Mm, uh, that that's why that's happening. That's all happened. And so finally, you know, after that, you have to start thinking, well, at what point does manufacturing begin to recede? And it hadn't until this month. Manufacturing payrolls were down 4,000 in this jobs report. It's the, it, okay, that's the first time it's been down since April of 2021. So almost two years. 
where it had had been going up and and we had known we had seen new orders numbers we had seen purchasing manager index numbers which had said the manufacturing sector was having trouble this is the first time that we've actually had had uh, uh the the jobs the jobs industry actually indicate that it was sliding the diffusion index on a one month span uh the diffusion index for manufacturing actually slid from 52.8 in December to 51.4. That's This is the share of the 72 industries that grew employment in the month from 52.8 to 51.4, and in February, 47.2. So we finally have reached the point where more manufacturing subsectors are saying we're losing employees than gaining, which is another reason why I think you know, those are high-paying jobs. It's another reason why I think that wage data that you're hearing, I'm not sold that that's really telling me that, that wage increases are slowing down. I think it's reflecting that, that change in the mix that's out there. A um, couple other pieces for me to play for you. Uh, one, Jason Furman was on uh, CNBC, uh, the, the, the talking heads around there. And it was right in the middle of Furman talking that CNBC reported the Silicon Valley Bank uh, issues. They're trying to find a buyer. They're, they're, they, 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 were, they were basically running out of cash. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. But this was Jason Furman um, just before uh, they announced the Silicon Valley Bank news. Cut number one. Look, I think the big picture here is absent a really favorable surprise on inflation next week. The Fed should go 50 basis points. I think it probably will go 50 basis points. The biggest picture, the highest quality data you get from the jobs report is the jobs number. Last year, it had slowed to about 275,000 a month. In the last three months, that pace has risen to 350,000. You can tell all sorts of special stories, but some of those stories would have said you should have lower job growth this month. Yeah. If hiring is pulled right. forward to January, it should be lower um, right. in February. So I disagree a little bit with this because I don't think I don't think if I go back and listen, go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and listen to the podcast for the job Saturday we did last month. I don't think I argued ever that we had pulled hiring into January from February. What I said, and I think what most people were saying was, we'd actually pulled hiring that had been delayed from December because of bad weather into January with good weather. So there's still there were still people out there. I have to give credit to uh, to uh, RSM uh, and uh, Joseph Persuelis, uh, who said, Joe said, look, we think the weather was really good. We And they were one of the few people that were forecasting uh, a non-farm payroll number above 300. So they they hit the number. Uh, good credit to them. But their their explanation for it was the weather continued to be good. Um, so I think Furban's right to say, you know, some of the arguments about why there's special factors out there don't necessarily wash, okay? Because I don't think you can say you had 311,000 additional jobs from good weather in February when you also had good weather in January. That was the part of Joe's argument that I'm not sure I really understand how that actually works in terms of juicing the number. Am I supposed to therefore expect a blah March if the weather looks like, well, I can't even see across the river here from my from my office right now. So that that's how that's how much snow is is flying around here in central Minnesota. 
Um, but anyway, after the announce, after the so he says this. Um, Sorkin breaks in. This is again from CNBC. Sorkin breaks in and says says the news about Silicon Valley Bank. They come back to Furman to finish his point, and he says this cut number two. Question: Are the are there cracks in the financial system that are coming from the Fed raising rates so quickly and so far? Look, I thought when they went to seventy five a meeting for several meetings in a row, I liked that from a macro perspective, but I was very nervous about what might break in the financial system. Um, it turns out that worked just fine. From a macro perspective, it was not enough to get inflation under control, so you need to do more. As we push up, and I think rates are going to go to six this year, and they could go even higher this year or next year if inflation doesn't come under control. Um, you know, Are we going to see more cracks in the financial system? Probably, but the answer is not to change your interest rates. It's to deal with it through financial supervision. If a bank fails, you merge it into another bank. We know how to do that. Their primary job is getting this inflation rate down. That's that's important point. I probably should have saved that for the next segment, but but glad glad to hear it here. Um, he's not in favor of, of slowing down. He's focused on the macro, and I think people who are focused on the macro side believe it has to go to six. One last one last cut in this segment. Larry Summers last night on Bloomberg has this to say: cut number three. My my guess now is that it's nearly fifty fifty that we're going to get to and need to get to uh, 6% uh, Fed funds uh, or above. So that's pretty clear. Was he in a closet or something? I don't understand what that sound was like. But you would think think Bloomberg could figure out how to give him a better mic. Um, Anyway, I I just, I'm quite, I'm quite surprised as I, I think if you listen to this show regularly, you know that I have said that I that when we were talking, gosh, only six weeks ago, I think, that you had a majority of the people in the market saying, well, the rate won't get above five. Now you have very credible people saying the rate's going to need to go above six. The testimony from from Powell led a lot of people. We saw a complete flip. On Tuesday, after he suggested that we might need to raise rates faster, all of a sudden, for the next meeting, the Fed Funds Futures market for the March 22nd meeting went from predicting a 70% chance of a 25% increase and 30% for the for the 50% increase to exactly the opposite within 24 hours. And all the way through Friday... That rate, that rate increase still stood at that at that level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually uh, pull up that that uh, chart for myself just this second, and and we'll say and and we'll just let me just pull that chart up for you a second. I'll take my break here right after this, but I just want to read you what happened yesterday with this. Those rate, those changes have only pulled off, have only pulled off. A little bit. We're still looking at a 68 versus a 68 percent versus a 32 percent toward the 50 basis point increase. Let me take a break here. We'll be back after this. We'll talk about Silicon Valley Bank and what does this mean for them. Uh, coming up next, King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440.
gonna have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's computer service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's computer service knows that internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems a boot, Arby's Computer Service. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right now 800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018 that's 800-884-9018 Welcome back, King Daniel's Show, the Biz 1440. Spring break, and it's snowing because it's Minnesota. 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. And on line one, we have John. Uh, Good morning, John. How are things for you down there? I can't hear John. You there, John? Yes, yes. Okay, great. I can hear you now, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, my question I wanted to ask you is there was a lot of discussion of this last week and again this week. What is your opinion? Do you think they should raise 
I believe it's the federal funds rate, yep. by 50 basis points this time, or would it be better to have them be at one quarter percent but continue those rate increases further along to arrive at a higher uh, rate of interest? And I'm just wondering also if you saw that article that was in the Minneapolis paper where Neil Kaskarian was closely monitoring grocery prices when he went to the grocery store. I wondered if you happened to see that one. I, I, I did not, although having met uh, President Kashkari a few times, I'll say I find that completely unsurprising. He's a, a, a pretty down-to-earth guy, and I know some people will be like, oh, come on, he doesn't go buy his own groceries. I'm like, yeah, I bet he actually does. Um, he's got small children too, and my guess is my guess is he might be running the errands while his while his wife's taking care of their of their children. Um, so I'll just I'll, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I believe that one. Um, uh, the larger point you're making, John, though, is on the fifty versus twenty five now and in the future. So the question is really, you know, the. the the chairman has been pretty clear that you have to pay attention to not just so much the speed, but where they're going to go and how long they'll stay there when they get there. I think the Fed has said pretty clearly that they're data dependent. So for me, John, the answer I'm going to give you is it really depends on what the uh, what the uh, data on, I believe it's Tuesday for the Consumer Price Index revealed. If the if CPI comes out with a bad number, I think they're forced to go fifty. Um, I, if it comes in with a really soft number, they might be okay to go twenty five. And I do think the the banking situation and with 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 Silicon Valley might give them some cover to go ahead and 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 do the twenty five and talk uh, folks like President Kashkari who will be voting on that. On that rate increase on the twenty second, um, that will give that will give bo- all, both he and the, the other members there. He's probably in the camp that thinks we need to go fifty. He probably will need some persuading, and the that CPI number is going to be a big big data point because it really is in some sense the last data point they're really going to have before they go into they go into. Uh, into the temple and vote uh, on uh, on on a week from this coming Tuesday. So that's my I mean that's my point of what they will do. What should they do? I think you have to get the interest. I think you have to get the interest rate above the inflation rate faster. The sooner you get there, the better. And I agree with. In fact, maybe I should maybe I should play this again for you, uh, John. Thanks for the call. Spencer, let's reload and play again cut number two from Jason Furman just after the Silicon Valley Bank information was was uh, announced on CNBC yesterday. Uh, cut two, please. Question, are, the, are there cracks in the financial system that are coming from the Fed raising rates so quickly and so far? Look, I thought when they went to 75 a meeting for several meetings in a row, I liked that from a macro perspective, but I was very nervous about what might break in the financial system. Um, It turns out that worked just fine. From a macro perspective, it was not enough to get inflation under control, so you need to do more. As we push up, and I think rates are gonna go to six this year, and they could go even higher this year or next year if inflation doesn't come under control, um, 
you know, are we going to see more cracks in the financial system? Probably. But the answer is not to change your interest rates. It's to deal with it through financial supervision. If a bank fails, you merge it into another bank. We know how to do that. Their primary job is getting this inflation rate down. I believe that to be true. Most countries, most central banks are also the regulator for their the regulator of their banking systems. In the United States, regulation of banks is divided among a number of different regulatory agencies. Uh, in the case of, of Silicon Valley Bank, the regulator that's that's kind of the the uh, the special agent in charge, if you will, to use a to use a crime analogy. Um, would be the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, because they're the ones guaranteeing the deposits at at SVB um, uh, for the uh, for the depositors, and this is kind of the way this works. So let me take a moment to sort of explain the mechanics of what's happening there. I so I was saying to a couple, couple people, and I think Spencer before the show, I used to work in Ukraine. In, in the mid-1990s, I was on the macro side, but a big part of the USAID effort to assist Ukraine in transition focused on improving their financial sector, and they brought in a number of advisors um, to help with the banking system. Most of those advisors, friends of mine, people I would get have dinner with many evenings, um, most of them, I don't know, should, is that right? Yeah, I'm going to say that's probably true. All but one of them worked for the Federal, the federal Savings and Loan Insurance Corporation, the FSLIC, which was the Savings and Loan Special Insurance Corporation that was created as opposed to FDIC, which deals with commercial banks. So these were all FSLIC regulators. And I got all kinds of great stories. Two of these guys had worked in Texas where the savings and loan crisis, it was probably the epicenter of the savings and loan crisis was Texas. Maybe a little bit of Arizona, but mostly Texas. And one of these guys with his Dallas accent could, t- oh my gosh, this guy, this guy could spin stories um, like nobody's business. He was, he, and, 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 and explained a lot of what had happened. And in that case, it's very different than what's happening, happening uh, here. Because in that case, you had savings and loans who had no idea what they were investing in. A savings and loan was built like like it's like the bank and it's a wonderful life, right? I take in deposits, I make mortgages, and 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 I stick to my knitting of just dealing with mortgages. That was actually required by law until 1980, and in 1980. The federal government, and, and again in 81, 82, the federal government told the savings and loans, you guys can invest in anything. You should diversify your portfolio. You shouldn't be just in mortgages. And so all of a sudden you had savings and loans investing in commercial development. You had, you had them investing in doing industrial loans, places where they had zip in terms of expertise. And so you ended up with, with, with something like what happened yesterday at Silicon Valley Bank, where FSLIC shows up usually right at the time the bank closes and says, okay, everybody stop. We're here. We're taking, we're going to take the bank into receivership 
at the close of business on Friday, the bank gets new signs and it gets new it gets a new management by another bank that comes in and purchases it. Okay, the only difference between that and what happened yesterday was with Silicon Valley Bank is FDIC showed up before the bank closed. They showed up like early day. I don't know if it was exactly when the bank opened or if it was shortly after the bank opened, but basically you get this army of army of uh, of regulators who come into your bank, looks a little bit like an FBI raid, walk into your bank and say, okay, everybody stop. We're, we're, we're closing the bank. So they actually closed the bank on Friday, which is unusual, which tells me something weird was happening there that is not, that was un, was out of the norm of the way these things normally get done. So that's the part that is concerning to me about this is, is actually the time of day at which they did the, they, that FDIC stepped in. They have said they don't have a new bank to buy um, Silicon Valley Bank. At least when I looked about it, I want to say 90 minutes ago. I'll, I'll, I'll refresh my screens here to be sure, be sure that hasn't changed. But at, at, at the moment, as far as I can tell, they don't have a buyer. When you don't have a buyer, FDIC basically has to open up a receivership bank. And then it tells depositors... Your money's here. We can let you withdraw up to the FDIC limit of $250,000. We'll cover that. And then it needs to figure out what to do with the rest. So what I'll tell you after this is what happens with the rest and why this bank is so unusual um, that I'm actually less concerned about this one than I than, than I could be. But, again, that that decision to close that bank a little early, I have to say – that got my spidey senses tingling because uh, uh, um, that is that is not normal. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them. And naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results trying out rough greens is an easy yes recommended by me dr g naturopathic dr dennis black here and i'm so proud that the pragers and sebastian gorka have entrusted their dog's health to rough greens i'm so confident that rough green can help your dog i'm offering you a free jumpstart trial bag just cover the shipping yes your dog's food is dead food but you can bring it back to life with rough greens go to ruffgreens.com does inflation have you worried Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? 
Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. You need to call the police, you need to call your father, and you need to get you and your son away from this guy. We're going to remove the trespasser. I want to fix it. That's why I want to sell my home, and I just want to be able to No, 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 honey, honey, we don't need to call a realtor. We need to get the boyfriend out of the house, and that's going to involve the police. You and your son are in danger. You have to get away from this guy. Listen, you are worth being okay. Direct, honest, helpful. The Ramsey Show, live on the Biz 1440, weekdays 1 to 4. There's only one option in the Twin Cities to get multiple competitive bids on siding, roofing, or windows without a parade of long-winded, high-pressure salespeople. Set up a free appointment with me today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening. Let me let me reset this for you. Silicon Valley Bank, all right, is in FDIC receivership at the moment, and and best I can tell, they do not have a buyer for it. A lot of the talk focuses around two things, right? One, most of the deposits at at SVB were are above the two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit because basically it was a bank that was created to help startups. So what does a startup do? A startup opens a bank account at SVB. And then it puts out a call for venture capital. It looks for angel investors. It does a big capital raise. What does it do with that capital? It first puts it all in the bank and then spends it down to make its investments that they hope are going to turn it in, turn it into a unicorn, right? It's what it hopes to do. Most of the money that's in the in SVB is uncovered because it is money that gets raised by, I mean, it's true, right? Startups have big cash balances, at least for a short period of time. They burn through it fairly rapidly, but if all you really need is a place that will take in all your all your, your raised funds and then give you a checkbook to write checks against it, Silicon Valley Bank is fine. And until 2020, Silicon Valley Bank was just this little sleepy bank in Santa Clara that just ran like a normal bank then it got new it got the idea hey we're near all these these startups we could provide them with services so they provide them with services they make them some money they 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 make some money off fees and so forth did they lend to back to the startups no did they lend to uh 
did they lend in mortgages around town? No more so, it appears, than, than they had before. So what did they do with it? They Right? You've taken in all these deposits, which are liabilities to the bank. What do you do on the deposit side? Well, it turns out what they did with it was they bought a lot of securities. Now, okay, in particular, it looks like they bought a lot of mortgage-backed securities and were leveraged in the sense that a 1%, a, a 100 basis point change in in uh, interest rates on that particular portfolio would cause a 5% draw uh, change in their in the in the value of their book of their assets it looks like that le- that ratio is like but it looks like it which is a term in, in in finance called duration it looks like their duration was around 5 4 it was like it was four and a half and then went to 5 and it was actually up around five and a half on the last report that people that people are reporting on uh the FDIC report what appears to have happened is right so if you're in that situation, and this is the question I needed to ask my 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 banker friend, I said, "Don't you know?" It, it, I said, "You've got MBS on your portfolio at your place, right? You hedge against that, right? Is it hard to buy a hedge?" And he's like, "No, it's not. It looks like this bank simply didn't really choose to hedge." the interest rate risk that it had on its balance sheet. And so when the Fed actually did raise rates and the rate on mortgage-backed securities went up quite a bit, it tips them over. So you could have been capitalized even at 15%, right? You could have had capital a capital reserve of 15% of your assets. But if your interest rates go all go up by 400 basis points and your leverage ratio is Excuse me. Your your duration is that is a five. Okay, I, I don't have time to explain all the math terribly terribly well, but that should just about wipe you out. So here's what happens. Their strategy appears to have been well. If we wait out the wait out our our bond portfolio and we just hold to maturity, we'll be okay. Because if I just wait till my my security matures, I get my principal back. And I get the interest rate that I bought when I bought the security. Good, good. The problem is this. This bank had probably a fairly sophisticated, it it had some depositors who were sophisticated enough to realize that they had uninsured deposits in a bank that wasn't, wasn't hedged against a bunch of interest rate risk, which was going bad for them. And so they started to show up and want their want their money, like the bank run in It's a Wonderful Life. And I mean, not not with the top, not not with the hats and all that, but but you get my point. What happens next? They don't have enough cash in the vault to pay them, so they need to sell their securities. And now all of a sudden, those securities, which were still marked at the price they paid for them. They now actually have to sell and realize the loss that they had taken on that security when interest rates had shot up. And that's how they went bust. So what happens next? In case I, in case I spend the entire next hour talking to Phil Magnus, which I'm really looking forward to, um, I, 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 here's what happens next. In the next 
my guess is 48 to 96 hours, a buyer will emerge for SVB, which will, which will guarantee the deposits both for the insured amount and for the uninsured amount. And they're going to buy those and, and, and say, we'll cover 100% of the deposits. FDIC will then let them buy the asset portfolio that's remaining there at a discount. And that loss is then going to be transmitted back to the other banks. And eventually, it, uh, the backstop to, all, to the backstop, besides other banks, will be us, the taxpayer. Right? Um, there, this is where I think the issue is. Right? The issue is that, that this was a bank that, frankly, didn't have the moral hazard of having depositors asleep at the switch. Frankly, for me, the issue is, is I don't particularly love deposit insurance as a, as a rule, but this is what happens when you don't have deposit insurance. What happens is these depositors enforced market discipline on SVB for being a bad bank in terms of not hedging interest rate risk in a responsible fashion. In fact, it's, it is what a free market's supposed to do. Well, I don't have time to talk too much more about this. Coming up next... Phil Magnus is going to be visiting with us. He's written a book. He's written a book called uh, The 1619 Project, a critique. And we're going to kind of focus on this in terms of helping you understand the history, the economic history of the United States. Right after these messages, you're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. I always thought that tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but Invergrove Hyundai proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. How is your car payment treating you? 
What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle. Break.